Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and in just a moment, I'm going to kick it over to one of your other Florida State fans and content creators that I'm with on this journey, Andre Silva. He's going to be joined by a special guest, Cameron Lemons-Debro, who covers Wake Forest and came on our show for our Know Your Foe segment. Now, I hopped on to record a quick disclaimer. This show is recorded on Tuesday night. In fact, this is the second time we've had Cam lemons Bro on our show for a Know Your Foe special. We started Know Your Foe back when we were the Knowles Anonymous podcast, and it's something we've kept with us into this year. Now, on Tuesday night, after we'd recorded the interview and after we'd announced several times that we were doing various Know Your Foes, be it two weeks ago with Philly G or this week with Cam. Another outlet published an article titled Know Your Foe in which they also interviewed Cam. Now, we don't fault Cam because, well, he's allowed to go wherever he wants. He probably interviews all around. In fact, I encourage every other Florida State outlet to do this kind of work. It's great to get other journalists on your podcast, on your platform, so that way you all, the fans, can hear from someone that's really an expert on the program we're about to face. I don't blame the other uh, the other outlet because they may not even have listened to our pod before. I don't think they stole anything from us, but I did think it was important to come on here and just let y'all know that this is the original Know Your Foe. There's no relationship, just probably what was a unfortunate coincidence, right? So thanks for stopping by. Make sure you guys go hit us with five stars, you review us, and you follow us. So that way, Locked on Seminoles with your three favorite Florida State fan podcasters pops to the top of your queue every single day, Monday through Friday. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's part one of Know Your Foe with Drake and Cameron lemons Debro. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Drake. And just a few short moments, I'll be joined by David Wise and Cameron Lemons-Debro. Cam is a writer for the Wake Forest SB Nation site, Blogger So Dear, and he's also a contributor for Wake Forest 247 sports site, Demon Deacons Digest. And folks, you will not find anyone, anyone on the Wake Forest beat as in-depth, as knowledgeable, as informative as this man right here. And we are so lucky to have him. We had him on last year for Know Your Foe. Unfortunately, the game got canceled, but we kept in touch. And now he's back for Know Your Foe here on Locked on Seminoles. And quite honestly, we always have a good time with him. We're discussing offense, defense. What's going through the mind of Wake Forest as they come into this game? Because... This is a Wake Forest team that's actually predicted to beat us by almost a touchdown as of this recording. And also, we revisit an old beef of his regarding a certain team that uh, Max and him share a very great, great dislike for. But 
I'm not going to hold you guys back any further. Here is myself, Dave, and Cam for Know Your Foe, Wake Forest, Part 1, Part 2, coming Friday. Fellas, take it away. And we are now joined by Cam Lemons DeBro, a.k.a. the head of tailgating over at Wake Forest University. Cam, what's going on, my guy? Nothing much. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we could be uh, a lot better. We could be a lot yeah. better. Uh, for those for the folks at home, we actually had Cam in our Know Your Foe series last year for one of the games that actually got canceled. So it's actually going to be great to see. Actually, we're going to be watching the game this time. So hopefully, you know, we, we need something good to happen. And unfortunately, you know, we're coming off our Jacksonville State loss. So how is, I guess, the what's the mood behind Wake Forest Faithful right now coming into this FSU game? Um, so I'll be honest. I had an entire thing written for Blogger So Dear about how this was going to be the most important game of Dave Prosson's tenure. This is, you know, they're one and one They had a tough first opening game against Notre Dame, but still came back and beat uh, Jacksonville State, Wake's 2-0. Schedule worked out well for Wake to start 8-0. And then at around 1 a.m. on Sunday, I had to just hit the big old delete button on that. Ooh. <laughs> it's, it's tough. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, the the thought process is kind of the same as it always is. FSU possesses always a top 30, 25 recruiting class. They're an uber talented team. Wake's obviously not recruiting at that level ever. It's going to be a challenge. Obviously, they're down abysmally. I'll, 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 put, it, I'll put it nicely. But <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, there's good guys on the team, so – a lot of the fan base has kind of been like, you know, this is the step you need to take in order to, if you want to hit double digit wins, you got to win these types of games. Games that you're a six and a half point favorite. Yeah, that's that's crazy. FSU going into a Wake Forest game as big, kind of big underdogs, and you know, the Florida State fan base. You can imagine how they're feeling. I'm more curious about are Wake Forest fans even scared of Florida State going into this game? Terrified. Absolutely terrified. Really? This Florida wow. team. This is the sort of game Wake Forest has lost the last three years. I look at last year. Sure, I'll throw out the NC State game. Louisville coming off of COVID. Louisville didn't had had basically no one left on their team. Missing two offense starting offensive linemen, half a defense. Wake loses like forty four to twenty. Year before Louisville again. Wake was I think five and zero at the point at that point. Primetime game on ESPN. And just looks like they just wanted to be anywhere else but there. And that was a terrible Louisville team. Like, they were just, I mean, 2017, when we went down to FSU, FSU was starting to be on the down, on downswing. It was like, no, this is a winnable game. Come to find out, Wake's out of linebackers that game. And it's just having to, like, I remember play, that. <laughs> play basically a safety and linebacker. Like, these are the game Wake loses. And so while there is a healthy bit of optimism, it's also like, are we finally gonna are we gonna do this again? Are we going down this road again? <laughs> I mean, the thing is though, like one of the things that I think that you ha- you had a solid continuity about over at Wake Forest is Dave Clawson. Actually, we did over on Lockdown ACC that I had Dave Clawson as my probably my I think my fourth highest my fourth best coach in the ACC. Good man. I mean, you know, I love Dave Clawson. That man, that man's a dog. That man is consistently very solid. And also, I think a testament to his recruiting that he's able to bring players of like Sam Hartman's caliber and Jakar Roberson over to a program like yours. So. I want to say, like, how? what is the state of affairs right now with Wake in regards to Dave Clawson? I mean, he has a lifetime contract as long as he wants it. 
I don't see there's a reason to get rid of him unless the wheels kind of fall off. I know there's I know there's always the fan base issues of the last couple of years of defense hasn't been great. It's also been a thing of Wake's been running out of players. Same thing on the offense. You'll have games that you're just kind of going, 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 and then the UNC game last year where all they needed was a first down essentially, and they couldn't do that. Like, but as a whole, I mean, five straight bowl games, they're relevant. While the media will still probably rank them sixth in the Atlantic every year, they consistently outperform expectations. And so, and Clawson's been a good ambassador for Wake Forest everywhere he's been. And I don't think there's really any reason to get rid of him. It's more of a, does he want to stay here? And I think he does. I don't think there's really a job out there minus maybe a couple that would, that will probably won't open for another 10 years, but I think he's good. <laughs> Love to have a coach that I feel that way about that may end up being Mike Marvell right now. Again, just, I hate the negativity, but it's the state of the room. You guys, Drake, unless you have anything else you wanted to add to that. I mean, no. I mean, I was mainly going to add basically that, I mean, your first two games, uh, you, you, I think I watched, I saw your live tweeting the Norfolk State game. And yeah. you kind of said something that along the lines of, I've never seen so much negativity over like a 30-point win over an FCS team. What did you it, mean by that? So it was more so about the, the last game Norfolk State. It, watching the game live, it was apparent that this defense just did not care. They <laughs> knew they were playing Norfolk State. State like tackling was kind of poor sometimes. They were very stunt. I mean, even from the coaches from a bit, they were a very stunt heavy team, and they're just they were just like you know I just go <laughs> at a certain point. And I don't and there's points of like I don't know if that's necessarily was the coaching. There, I feel like sometimes it definitely was the players being like, you know, this is who we're playing, let me just try and get a sack here left and right. But, like, you could just tell they were just going through the motions. And there was a couple of times, like, I think they were 50% on third downs on uh, Norfolk State. And you could just see the fan base being like, this is tough. We're going to get real by Like, there were comments being like, FSU is going to beat us by 30 next week if we play like this. And it's like, I mean, I get it from a perspective of, sure, don't want to play bad against them. But you have to delineate that from players who obviously are just like, they are just not taking this seriously. And I think there's – Dave Glossman's very good at getting people up for that. And I also think it speaks to the expectations of, you know, when I first came in, we lost to Louisiana Monroe my first game. <laughs> Ooh. I yeah, that's I mean, tough. Growing up in SEC country and also cheering for Georgia Tech, like I'm used to big-time football, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, they're going to come in. It's Louisiana Monroe, whatever. And I'm having to sit there for like two and a half hours watching this get just mauled by Louisiana Monroe. And yeah, I mean, now yeah. flash forward to 2021, and it's ODU and Norfolk State. Wakes out here averaging, what, six over six yards a play on the first the first game, eight yards a play on the second one. And people are acting like the sky's falling. I was just going to say, you know, you, you learn to take that for granted, apparently. Like Florida State went into that Jacksonville State game. Jacksonville State had just gotten their ass kicked 30 to nothing against UAB the week prior. You guys took care of business against Norfolk and Old Dominion, you know, the kind of way that Florida State should have against Jacksonville State. So I guess 2-0 Wake Forest, 0-2 Florida State. Tell us, I guess, a little bit about what is this 2-0 Wake Forest team? Uh, the easy answer is we don't know. I mean, that's one of the biggest things that has been – apparent is 
Dave Clawson has kept everything under wraps. Everything has been built. There's been no exotic blitzes. There's been no wrinkle. The biggest wrinkle we've seen on offense has been a bubble screen, which we've seen five times in the last few years, and they've all ended the same way, which is a two-yard loss. Like, they're, everything has just been so vanilla, which is a good thing and bad thing. Bad because, I mean, yeah, we kind of want some fireworks. You want to not have garbage time late in the third quarter with FCS teams. But good because, I mean, they've rotated in and out a bunch of people, both like just reserves and freshmen, just saying, get out there. But also, if they're putting up 8.4 yards of play and they're rolling out of bed, got to feel good about that. They're allowing up like under five yards of play, not really caring. Got to feel good about that. And again, it's, I know it's FCS and that, but you, you start being like, okay, if you can start doing this and you're not doing anything, you probably should be able to take care of business against someone who couldn't do that against a lower opponent. <laughs> What's up, guys? Drake here. Sorry to pull you guys away from the wonderful interview we have Cam, the bro, regarding the Wake Forest game, but Cam, Dave, and I sat down and decided that we'd be doing all of the service if we didn't mention about our friends and family over at rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a, is a family-run business that's been serving the community for almost over 20 years. I should know, my uncle, Dio Francisco, is a mechanic down in Delray Beach, Florida, and he's been using them every step of the way since he's opened up his shop over 20 years ago. So head on over to RockAuto.com because it will help you choose to spend. So head on over to RockAuto.com because every single price there is reliably low for every customer. Why spend 30 50 or even 100% more straight from the retailer when you just go right to rockauto.com. And if you head over there and write locked on in their how to hear about section, they'll know that we sent you. And that promo code is locked on at L O C K E D O N. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. That's the right mindset to go into that. One of my questions, I think, and I guess now we can switch over to, you know, X's and O's starting with the offense is against Norfolk State, it seems like you guys don't have really like one primary, looking at the snap counts for PFF, you don't have a primary back. I know last year you guys had Kenneth Walker and who now transferred over to Michigan State and who has so far has been lights out over there. I think I see Amani Marshall with six snaps. Christian Beal Smith, I think, had 22. He had 25 snaps. So who, who exactly is the offensive weapons that we – should be afraid of outside of Sam Hartman. Um, I mean, if you're looking at the running back position and like to play some daily fantasy sports, don't pick a Wake running back. You're going to get burned. Wake uh, Dave Clawson has always adapted a three-back system. And if, every year he's been here, if he has three backs that are healthy and good to go, go. Christian Beal Smith is your obvious starter there. He's actually kind of had a better year than Kenneth Walker III did last year. When you put the stats side-by-side, side, while he didn't have the touchdown equity that kw3 had mostly because of wake likes to go to a wildcat formation which i know bro, came. bro, <laughs> I was, bro. I, come on i was man. trying to avoid that yeah. one on here uh i know they go to a little bit of a wild deke and it was ken walker the third kind of getting the goal line touches but on the yards per carry christian bill smith was better <laughs> on about equal carries behind him you have freshman justice ellison also the years terrible Justin Nelson played last year. He's not a freshman. He's a second-year player, but I digress. You have him, who was a legit 4-3 guy coming out of high school, converted receiver. He's kind of your second back. And then they have a transfer out of Michigan, Christian Turner, 
also kind of a, a big burly guy who's with some speed with them. So they really like to rotate those three guys in there. And so it's hard because if you key on, you know, one, then like say Christian Bill Smith, and it's like, okay, cool. Now deal with this burly dude, six, one dude that just wants to run you over and Christian Turner. Offensively, I mean, it, it starts and ends with Corey Robeson. He's an all, all American yep. receiver. Like he, he's good. It, he was a low three-star, sat behind both Greg Dortch and then Kendall Hinton, both now in the NFL. It always kind of seemed like he, the light just wasn't fair. He just wasn't confident. And then I don't know what clicked last year, but whatever he need, he got, I need because it just started working. And I think he's just been a matchup nightmare for general, just because, well, he's not a, the exact burner you would expect out of a slot receiver. Being a six one six two guy in that slot that can run routes like he can, that's that's just a lot to ask out of us out of a nickel or even a linebacker to cover. So then I guess besides Jakar Roberson, because that's someone that I've heard a lot about. I think we talked about it last year. Like who else would we I guess should we watch out for? I guess is there somebody else as a weapon, I guess, on the outside, like a different wide receiver we should be worried about? Like maybe a Keyshawn Williams, maybe like somebody else? So Keyshawn Williams is probably gonna get more time behind Jacory and be more or less kind of just spelling him as the leader of the AT Perry fan club got that. That's my guy. <laughs> Six, five, 200 pounds, a glider down the field. You can't teach height. You can't teach the way he just moves down the sidelines. And while he kind of had a quiet game last week, the week before had a long touchdown, should have had a second if Sam Hartman doesn't underthrow him. He's finally starting to put it together. There was a stretch throughout fall camp for about 11 days that while we lost Donovan Green for the year due to a ACL injury, it seemed like he was just on it and he was ready to prove it. And I think that's going to be, I think he's going to be a a big factor come this game because I think they're going to try and really test those corners. And I think having a six, five guy who can glide like that is going to be an important way to get to, try to get this that pass rush to lay off a little bit and be like hey you can't rush four or five you gotta you gotta respect this there's a dude that's that's able to distract the defense and stick sticking with the offense through two games obviously fcs competition so you might expect that to be a little weird but you guys have 58 passing attempts to 72 rushing attempts i can't imagine you guys plan to rush the ball more than you pass against florida state right no i mean they're gonna try and keep it 50 50 that's the game plan is keep, keep keeping people off bounds, whether it be a slow match or just purely actually just running. I I'm hoping it's more of a 60 40 split. Well, to to be quite honest, I'm hoping it's 60 40 split in terms of running because that means we're probably up by 21 and the game's <laughs> over. But I I think we'll see a lot more a lot more just short pass and just getting away from getting the ball out of Sam Hartman's hands really fast. I think there's a lot of respect for Jermaine Johnson on this team. I think it's a lot of respect for uh, Keir Thomas. I think there's a lot of respect for these for those guys on that defensive line. And while Wake's offensive line is pretty good, I think one of the, a good matchup to watch is when Jermaine Johnson goes up against the left tackle, Zach Tom. That's an NFL-level matchup right there. That is really? going to be a Sunday matchup. But I think they're going to be like, you know, that's fine and dandy, but let's probably try to get the ball out so we don't have to deal with that too often. <laughs> I was going to ask about that too because I see Zach Tom. I think for he's he's great. He's improved every single year per like events metric. I think his first year was 2018. He was 62. The next year was 66 and 73. And then now after two games, albeit against FCS opponents, 
He's at 91. Did you see that coming out of him, like, coming into this year? Yeah, I mean, he started playing the, his correct position. The thing with Zach Tom was in 20, I believe it was 2018, he started out as um, as a center. We okay. needed him, we needed some guy to play a center. You guys, FSU knows very well about that, like, playing guy that position. Um, Bro, like, come on, man. <laughs> I, no, not that way. I mean, you, you, you need people to be versatile. So, like, things happen. Like, at Wake, fair. trust me, things happen. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, at, so, we needed him in 2018. Then kind of realized, wait, you're kind of good at this. Was our start was the starting center in 2019, um, when our starting left tackle Justin uh, Justin Haran, who's down the Patriots and starting for the Patriots, uh, came back after an ACL tear, and he was one of the best pass blockers in the country. And I was like, okay, this guy's good. But it really wasn't until last year where we went, oh yeah, we forgot you were a really good left tackle, <laughs> and we kicked him back out to his normal position and that's where you've seen him be that he's able to play just about every position on the line. He's a very cerebral player. He has family in the NFL. So he's, he knows and gets trained by the right people. Cameron Tom was, was a good college tackle and had a little stint with the saints. So he's been surrounded by the right people. He has a good hand on the shoulder and you could see just how smart he is that he was, that he's just a cornerstone left tackle. Yeah, and you, is it right that you guys have only given up two sacks so far through two games? Yes, and they were both on the backups. Okay, well, I mean, I, I can't ex- I can't imagine you expect to give up zero sacks, the starters against Florida State, but is the reason for that the offensive line, or is it because the passing game is just getting the ball out so quickly that the plays don't really need to develop? I think it's a little of both. I, I think they've tried to do a much better job of keeping Sam Hartman clean. Losing our right tackle at the end of the year, Jeff Yontay Nash, was a huge blow, and I lament on it being like, this dude was one of the better blockers in the ACC last year. Devontae Gordon has really stepped up into that void from him and shown that he can be an ACC-level left tackle, and that's been a really good improvement. But part of it is just being guys are getting open, and Sam's not having to sit there for seven, eight, nine seconds. He's not being asked to scramble out of the pocket or for his life, and he's He's able to just sit there. If there is some pressure, he can just step up, make a throw, done. So before I guess we wrap up on the offense, I do for, for the folks at home. Cam, I you know does give me picks on the timeline occasionally, so I'm actually asking for his help on the bet, bet online diary line of the day. I actually asking today to give me his one super lock. Cam, help people get some money. What is the one super lock you have for people at home? Let me check and see if because I don't like giving lines out that have moved. That's I, I think that's a fair thing because I take I take stuff on Sundays. Yeah, I do too. Maryland too. minus <laughs> seven and a half is where I am planting my flag. I think Illinois is an absolute garbage team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my numbers have this at about eleven points. I mean, I think Maryland has a very explosive team. We saw last week. Even I know Brandon Peters was out for Illinois again. We just saw how inefficient they were. And even against Nebraska, when Brandon Peters was in for a couple drives, this this wasn't going to be a team that's going to score at will. Like, that's a team that's going to – it's a Brett Bielema team. They're going to grind you out and say, hey, we need to just win 14 to 10 games. Maryland's going to turn into a shootout with Talia Tagovailoa, and I don't see how they keep that close. Like, I, I don't see that there's a way for that. So if I told you the Maryland is at minus seven and a half on BattleLine.ag, did you recommend the folks at home taking that immediately before it moves? I don't recommend anything I don't take. 
So, and I am taking it. <laughs> okay, there you go, folks. Cam Lemons, the bro, super lock of the week. It is Maryland minus seven and a half. Folks, thank him now. Thank him, Larry. Give him a follow. And before we move over to the defense, I do want to ask you two questions about the offense. What's up, guys? It's me again. Sorry to cut, you know, to cut in for the interview, but again, we have to tell you about our friends over at Sweatblock. Now, folks, if you're like me, and if you took my bets last week, you probably were sweating a majority of your games, and hopefully you did a lot better than I and Danny did, but you would not be sweating them that badly if you had Sweatblock. Sweatblock is doctor-created, doctor-recommended, and it works for up to seven days per use. And also, if you're not, if you're not only using it for that, me, I'm a guy that wants to go out and you know find a nice shirt, light color, maybe a coral color, maybe a teal color. Unfortunately, I'm a bigger guy, and also I'm a very sweaty guy, and it kind of affects the way that I dress when I'm going out. But Sweat Block recently, ever since I got a little welcome package they gave us and to sign up with the show, I have been able to go out in my fittest of fits and enjoy it without worrying to look like a puddle at the local bar. Because, folks, trust me, it's hard here in these streets. And over at Sweat Block, you'll be able to find it over your local CVS, your local Amazon, or just go right online to sweatblock.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off. And once again, that promo code is LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at sweatblock.com. Folks, head over today, and trust me, you'll be thanking me later. One of the big things that we see with AC right now is, I think overall as a conference, that our quarterback play, the floor has risen really high. And I think one of the peop- one of the players that, doesn't get talked about enough, or as much as, you know, Phil Dracovic, Sam Howell, even Brandon Armstrong now at this point, is Sam Hartman. What do you believe you have actually in this kid in Sam Hartman? And also with that, schematically-wise, what does the FSU defense need to do to make him uncomfortable make your offense be out of rhythm? You picked the wrong person to ask about Sam Hartman. Oh, did I, really? I am lamented on Wake for- in Wake Forest circles as – a Sam Hartman hater in a sense. Ooh, okay. Due to the fact of, you know, when Jamie Newman was here, I was very adamant Jamie was better. And also his freshman year, Sam was a guy that sucked against, not sucked, wasn't great against good competition, but was a lead against bad competition. That's just kind of who he was. I think he's grown. I, I have been saying he, this is the year he has to take that step forward. And I think so far he's, he's done that. I think he is someone that, not your fat he's not the fastest guy in the world he doesn't have a necessarily cannon of an arm but when he's confident in himself there are some throws that are absolutely he threw a, a far hash throw last week and i think i commented on twitter and i was just like that was the best thing i've ever seen out of him the entire time and it was just a simple <laughs> far hash throw but it's like he's not a game manager but what how he succeeds is over the middle just looking at pff like i think last week pretty much his entire concept of throwing the ball is how can I do it from zero to 10 yards and how can I work over the middle of the field, whether it's from zero yards or 30 yards. He's fantastic at a deep ball over the middle. Anything intermediate is fine. How you get him off balance is forcing him to make those far throws on the sidelines. If you can take away the middle of the field, which is what Wisconsin did in the, in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, granted Sam Hartman decided to just throw the same pass five times and got four interceptions, but if you take away the middle of the field, it forces the wheels to start spinning, and that's the growth we need to. We are asking out of Sam right now, and so we don't know if he can do that yet. He doesn't run that often. I don't know. That's whether a design from him or from Warren Ruggiero, the off the offensive coordinator slash QB coach, 
but if you can if you can flush him out, you have a chance for him. To, the wheels start turning too much, and he goes, "Screw it, I'm gonna throw it." Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Patrick Mahomes, you know, sees you know Tyreek downfield, and he's like, "Fuck it, he's down there somewhere." <laughs> yeah, like and, and and he did a throw like that last week, and it was almost an insane catch from Jamal Banks, um, who as a freshman. But it's like, hey, don't do that that often, okay? It's okay. You don't have to do that. Just throw it away. You're good. <laughs> What's up, guys? Drake here. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Please tune in to part two of our interview with Cam Lemons DeBro, the premier Wake Forest insider over from 247 Sports and blogger Sir Deer from the SB Nation site. I can't tell you enough how much we love having him on here, so please tune in for part two where we discuss the defense and also we'll discuss his ultimate prediction because, folks, honestly, it kind of gives a little more of a pep talk to Dave and I. So tune in for that tomorrow. And as always, please, if you can, don't forget to rate, review, like, share, or subscribe either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you so much for the love and support, and we'll see you tomorrow for part two of the interview with Cam and Lemons the Bro for our Know Your Foe series here on Lockdown Seminoles.